Hello, everyone. Welcome to episode 34 of Star Sound Speaks. This is your host, Irliana Samsara of Star Sound Astrology. Wow, we're finally here. Um, I'm recording this right as Saturn conjuncts to the exact degree and minute of Pluto. Nothing like a dramatic transformational portal. The historic Saturn-Pluto conjunction in the eastern time zone of the U.S., where we are located. It is Sunday, January 12th, and here we are. So, um, so much to share. Um, I'm going to talk about my Vipassana experience. Um, it's a, the silent meditation that I did for 10 days from over the New Year holiday from December 27th to January 7th. Um, I was speechless. Ha, ha, ha. Anyway, little joke. <laughs> anyway, uh, yeah, it, it really literally left me speechless. Uh, but I found my speech and I want to share. And it's, um, I couldn't think of a better way to use the energies of not only the, the Saturn-Pluto conjunction, historic conjunction in Capricorn, but also the eclipse. We are on top of all that. We're having, as if that weren't enough of a a, a giant uh, shift for the planet. We are also in. We were in the eclipse window during that time. So uh, that was another main reason why uh, it was time for me to do this long-awaited journey. So I'm going to talk about that. Uh, but I want to say before I get into the specifics of that, of what I experienced and how transformative it was, um, I should just say the reason I'm bringing it up is because it, it's. It was certainly the most. Um, I just felt in terms of not just talking about the Saturn-Pluto conjunction, but what tools there are for us to explore and reinvent ourselves from the very roots. And there was no better thing for me on my radar at that time, in this time, than, than doing the Vipassana meditation. And so uh, what, what greater opportunity to say, Here, here's where it shows up. You know, this is what, what I desire to to always share with you is where these things show up and you know uh, how what tools we have in our life and how it translates how these astrological important astrological trans, transits translate into our world so that's one thing but <clears throat> before i get into that i just have to say surprisingly enough i uh, wasn't planning to talk about this but i felt you know what what best represents well this tool obviously vipassana does but um i just have to say wow you know what a week we've had um, when i came back online you know i had to surrender my cell phone for 10 days can you imagine it's like make a living with my cell phone and my laptop. No, I can't give it up. I'm a news junkie. No, I can't be off the internet for 10 days. No, no, no. Yes, I did. And I, and I could and I did. And I, you know, I didn't miss it. But anyway, aside from all that, um, uh, I then you know I found out when I picked up my phone. Oh my God! You know we the United States. You know Trump had called for the assassination of of this man Soleimani in Iran, and I'm like, holy moly! This all happened while I was offline. Um, and you know very uh, kind of you know catching up on all the news, and of course um, 
between, you know, which was so close, like, you know, World War III, people were very, obviously very freaked out as I was, um, you know, in, in, in bringing that together. And then we also found out that, um, well, actually, I want to say, you know, pertaining to that, that really did freak me out. I, I just came out of this, you know, incredible meditation, and I, I'm still, you know, in the in the vibe of it all. But um, learning that, I, I at one moment um, in uh, on that night that he was thinking about striking back, you know, or Iran was thinking about striking back, I just texted all my friends and I said, guys, you know, whatever you're doing right now, just, just put it down and just pray. Just pray. We have to send light, send light to Trump, the White House, all elected officials, all government officials all over the world, especially the USA and Iran, just send light. Just send light. So, whew, right? To me, it was like our Cuban Missile Crisis, you know, it was like, it was that big. Um, and I'm sure in the months and years to come, we'll probably hear from, you know, more from people who were close to that, you know, what it was like for them. I think they're already starting to share that. But anyway, <clears throat> yes, we're not over it yet. You know, we still have a lot of things to work out with the Middle East and, and you know, with, with all the situation. However, um, we're alive, you know, and... Um, and so I just wanted to share that. Yes, there are these moments where, you know, it was very intense. This has been a, a one big eclipse window. The other thing was um, the Harry and Meghan thing, you know. Uh, here it was. Uh, they announced their stepping away as royal senior members of the royal family on, um, was it either Thursday or Friday of last week, which was right within the eclipse window. You know, the eclipse was Friday afternoon Eastern time. So they announced it before the lunar eclipse. So I was like, Harry and Meghan, please. Can somebody just tell them, get a good astrologer? Because, you know, you wouldn't, you, you just don't, don't do that again. Please don't do that again. Please wait. Please breathe and wait. Um, do not do any major decision making or announce anything during an eclipse window because there's always... You know, the energies, it's like a Maytag washer on spin cycle. You know, it's, there's a lot of energies that are kicked up, obviously, because it was in cancer, which rules the home and one's homeland and family and the um, axis, uh, the cancer Capricorn axis, right? The opposite sign being Capricorn, lineage, royalty, monarchy, you know, all of those things coming into play. Uh, yeah, very intense time. So uh, I wasn't expecting them to announce anything in an eclipse window, but there you have it, right? We don't know the full story, which is typically the things about eclipses, right? You, we don't know the full story. Things are literally uh, uh, shadowed, blocked from us. You know, the, the earth is uh, blocking the light um, on, on the moon in a lunar eclipse. The earth is blocking. So there's things that we're not aware of that will definitely come to light later. But anyway, I just found it really fascinating that they, and, and very excited, and that's what I wanted to bring to you guys today. Uh, you guys, you know, from New York, you guys, it covers all genders, all right? So, um, Harry and Meghan, oh my God, like if you, and I'm really inviting everybody here to use what is going on right now with them, that if you, you couldn't get a better, more a pop culture 
um, you know, in-your-face uh, reality check than their literal declaration of independence. Uh, you know, so um, I just thought it was really interesting. I put this on Twitter. Isn't it interesting that the last time Pluto was in Capricorn, the USA said hasta la vista to the British. And now Pluto has returned, you know, it's been the last 11 years it's been in Capricorn, but it's nearing the degree during which the American Revolution took place. So it's what we are calling the Pluto return in Capricorn and for the USA, the Pluto return. Well, isn't it interesting that an, an American stood up to the British and said, I'm out of here. You know, so it's like, wow, cycles of time, you know, for people who are not uh, clear about how astrology works or just thinks, think it's all woo. It's like, well, just look at it as cycles of time and how patterns repeat. Um, they or they may not repeat exactly, but um, as as I said on my interview with Ken, you know, history doesn't repeat itself. Somebody said this; it's not mine. Okay, history doesn't repeat itself, but it damn well rhymes. So here we are again, right? Here she is, the Declaration of Independence from an oppressive situation. Um, so um, I also find it very interesting that there's this war going on in the media between the people who are quote, reporting, you know, like the Daily Mail and all those tabloids, um, which are really the main reason they stepped away. They were tired of the of the bull bullying, really. Um, so um, they, but they, if you re go back and read the statement that Harry and Meghan made, they weren't saying they're leaving like, see you later, I, or I never want to see you again, and I'm not going to participate. They said, oh, we'll, we'll still serve. We just need to step away and, and serve in a different fashion or under a different, um, you know, template, so to speak. So everybody took that to mean, oh, you know, not everyone, but the people who were very loyal to the queen and the royal family were like, oh, you know, you snubbed us. It's like, no, we, we still fully want to cooperate. We just can't put up with this anymore. You know, the bullying, the racism, the, uh, the racist, the subtle passive aggressive. It's like, oh, that's the nastiest part of Pluto, right? All the nasty, nasty, deceitful, deceptive, vituperative, right? Great vocabulary word. Vituperative, uh, like a viper, you know, uh, mean, nasty, revengeful, the way it all came out in the media. Since the time he announced his engagement to her, I mean, this has been going on a long time. I remember when um, her first public outing, it was like when they announced their engagement, it was in November of 2018. And then Christmas season, you know, a few weeks later, her first public engagement as a, you know, as the fiance, um, Princess Michael of Kent, one of the members of the royal family, I think she's like cousins or something with Queen Elizabeth, she wears this brooch to the party. A brooch is a, a pin. And it's, it's a, a black face. It's like a, it's called blackamoor, and it was an art form, but it's of a, of a black man in a turban. So it's like this, it's, it's like fetishizing slavery. It's kind of like those jack-o'-lanterns that you see on people's lawns, and sometimes they have the face painted black, and it's like, really, people? You know, it's like fetishizing slavery. Well, she wears, of all pins, right? She wears this to the party, and it makes this big furor in the tabloids. So it's like this passive-aggressive, you know, you know, I don't want to say the word, but, you know, blank off. And 
so uh, you know there, there was the opening salvo in my opinion and so but it has it has been relentless and it's it's been very sad when I read about this couple who I feel Princess Diana would absolutely adore um, you know and happy for Harry that he found love and you know here he is trying to you know make a life for himself he has a family and he he has always said I will not let her and my family be subject to the kind of attack that my mother endured you know and look where that ended so um, you know enough is enough and um, you know it's like their version of time's up time's up right Saturn rules time and legacy it's like okay and and one of the things she said in that documentary last year when the man interviewed them in Africa she said you know we were basically she was saying we're 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 surviving but we're not thriving so we're we're here to thrive and um survival is that's a low end of pluto pluto and capricorn surviving your family you know surviving the monarchy being uh, being attacked on a on a on a psychic level, you know, those passive aggressive attacks and those suggestive slanted articles in the British tabloids, if you read the words and read between the lines, it, it gives you the impression that what they're doing is very selfish. And uh, when truly that is not the case. So I just felt, um, I just wanted to share that with you. Yeah, pretty amazing. Um, and they finally stood up. So I say good for them. Not an easy thing to do. Um, would have been uh, great if they could have worked it out. But you know what? I trust the universe. I trust them. They know what they're doing. They're not stupid. Um, you know, in the end, everything always works out for the best, even though it could be rocky. You know, as, as they were announcing this, Uranus was at its, uh, it's at two degrees of Taurus, which is, and it just was just within hours of ready to go direct, which means it had been retrograde since August. And so it was about reviewing our values. Uranus and Taurus would be reviewing what is important to you. What is important in terms of my, my value, my resources, my, what is important to us? And Uranus is about saying, let's, when they said we want to ex- do a more progressive, cre- carve out a more progressive role in the monarchy. Well, progressive, that's all Uranus, um, Aquarius energy, right? Being um, for the world good, for humanity. We want to be progressive, we want to help, we want to serve, and we want to do it in a, in a way that really benefits people. And the toxicity with which they endured, the toxicity of the British tabloids, um, you know, and, that, that, and their ilk, of uh, the, the royalist, you know, pro-royalist, kind of stuck in the past, status quo folks, that whole consciousness, they just, they, they, they just said no to it. So good for them. Very happy. But it is, what I want to say is, you know, why, why are I bringing all this up? Yes, classic Saturn-Pluto, Uranus direct and Taurus. We love it. Um, but it's a great template for 2020. It's a great template because it's showing us, it's a model of what does it look like to stand up and leave oppressive structures that, that don't support us. In their case, they never have. Um, and they and to what does it take to really regenerate oneself from the very roots, right? Saturn and then Pluto is about examining the pain body at the very root and routing it out and saying, no, we will not put up with this anymore. Let us shine the light where it needs to shine and let us regenerate. Let us create something new out of 
an old structure that no longer serves, i.e. a British royal family that is certainly past, you know, like it's the 21st century, it's 2020. Um, why are we funding these people? Like, really? Um, they say they have duties and such. Well, you know, lots of people have do charitable work and they don't have to spend hundreds of millions of dollars of taxpayers' money to, to fund some of this. Granted, the Queen has a lot of her own money. Granted, you know, I get that. But so much of it, from what I understand as an American, is funded by taxpayers. I don't know if it's security or whatever, but the, the, the British public. So maybe it's time to revisit that. Uh, they were certainly pissed off about this whole thing. But, you know, when you're the one who's always been in control, the you know, the sun never sets on the British Empire, right? That whole long-standing for centuries that imperialist attitude about us controlling and running the show and now these these quote upstarts come along and and upset the apple cart well you know there it is (laughs) it's like you don't like it because you're not in control Um, so wouldn't you want to be happy for them and say, you know what, I get it, Harry and Meghan, and we'll continue working. Yeah, I'm a little thrown off kilter, but I am committed to making this work. No, instead you see all this nastiness. I mean, I just, couldn't you just chuckle that, and I say chuckle, I don't mean it in a mean way, just with compassion, because I do have compassion for everyone in the royal family. In my meditations, I send them metta, you know, loving kindness, compassion. But I'm also speaking truth here. And I say it all with a foundation of compassion, but I just had to chuckle. I mean, come on, people. The, what did the first thing they did was they called Madame Tussauds Wax Museum and they had Harry and Meghan removed from the royal family display. It's like, okay, is that really number one on your list? It's like, but it, it's very revealing. It's like appearances, right? Appearances. And it's fake, right? It's a wax statue. Granted, it looks real, but it's all fake. So it's like this illusion. And then they're removing these people's figurines. So I just thought that was pretty interesting that they're taking this off. And, uh, you know, again, it's pointing to this, this facade that they have been desperately trying to keep up. And now the, the tides are shi- shifting and changing even more so. Um, so anyway, um, yeah, so I just love the fact that, um, you know, they really, they are emerging here into, and it's something bigger than I realized. I thought, okay, they're just stepping down. Everybody thought about it. We heard it kind of filtered out in headlines for, for the last two years, you know, them being very progressive and wanting to do things differently. And the minute the baby was born, they said, Archie's not going to be raised as a, um, as with a title. I mean, he had every right to be what, uh, I don't think prince, but maybe prince, I don't know, I guess prince, whatever, lord or prince. They said, no, we're not giving him a title. We're, we're going to just put that aside and we'll raise him as a private citizen. Da-da! There's, you know, a big red flag, people. You know, they're not going to play by the old rules. And so, um, you know, there were many, many indicators. So this is kind of not surprising given all of that. And um, anyway, I, and I just love the fact that they're, they're doing it for the same reason that Pluto and Capricorn, Saturn and Capricorn, restructure your reality, restructure how, you're going, you, how you see yourself and, and laying out your, your plans and your legacy. You know, what kind of legacy do you want to create? 
not giving your power away. Um, you're, they're cooperating from their own sovereignty, not from an old patriarchal uh, misogynist and racist, be honest with you, you know, these are the, the, the British society and culture were part of the West, you know, the, the, the main power players in Western imperialism and uh, for centuries, and they, they enslaved, you know, millions and millions of Africans along with the French and, and many other countries, but they were really at the, uh, the source of all that. They, they had the biggest uh, hand in all that for hundreds of years. So um, bringing that to the United States and, you know, the 400-year the pain body, which is, thank God, finally getting healed at the very root level. Um, so, you know, the, here, here they are um, with, this, with this situation. And, uh, you know, it's just all about um, recreating. Yeah, re in creating a new story from which we can live our lives. So yay. And and I know they're going to be fine. You know, they said they want to become financially independent. Oh, there's another Uranus and Taurus, right? Taurus rules money and personal resources, your personal bank account. And uh, Uranus, right? Work out a new way, innovation, right? Something breaking from the past, breaking from the status quo. And we're going to do it in a way that's unique and good for them. They also have a lot of really good, wonderful, high-profile friends like Oprah, who went to the wedding, George Clooney, George and Amal Clooney, um, Serena Williams, uh, no, uh, yeah, Serena Williams, I'm sure Venus is friendly with them too, but um, the Obamas, you know, so they have a lot of wonderful friends and high places. Um, somebody mentioned online about a talk show, and I'm like, dang, I don't watch television, but I'd watch that. Just think of the, the ratings, right? Um, and all the good they can do, the way Oprah does good, you know, with her show. So I think they're the, uh, it's really wide open for them. And uh, I'm very excited. As a matter of fact, my feeling is now when Uranus catches up to six degrees of Taurus, which I believe is around, I want to say it's April of this year. Hold on, let me grab my little 2020 ephemeris. And I'll tell you why I'm looking at that particular point. Uranus is going to be at the the USA node, which the North node, the evolutionary destiny of our country is at six degrees of Leo. And six degrees of Leo will kick back in around April. Yeah, right around tax day. Oh my goodness. April 15th. Look at that. My bell went off. <laughs> That's the uh, universe saying, yep, uh-huh. So I bet you by April, there could very well be it. Uranus rules television and broadcasting and online and ventures and such and independent work, right? Being solo, solopreneur, or we could maybe in their case, couplepreneur. Um, and I don't mean this in, in, a, in a commercial fashion, but I feel that it's truly innovative, progressive, and humanitarian-oriented, right? Uranus energy. With Taurus, six degrees, mid-April, bet you anything, they'll have some kind of TV deal in place or something launching, and it'll be very, very exciting, involving the United States. Well, let's face it, we are the biggest internet consumers and, uh, and the biggest consumers on the planet, so um, for better or worse, uh, but I feel for it's going to be whatever they do, I, I love them, I support them, um, I think Diana would be very proud of them uh, for standing up and just saying we love you and we're going to step over here.
So kudos, Harry and Meghan. You're awesome. Uh, let's see. So yes, we could look. <laughs> I even thought, let's, let's use that for a, a template for transformation this year. Because look, 2020 is going to be, a, it's a big deal. You know, we have, we almost, <laughs> last week, we almost had World War III. I'm like, oh my God, we're like nine days or eight days into the year. And we're like, uh, so, but yeah, this is, this is, we're not, you know, Saturn and Pluto don't mess around. This is about, uh, sometimes it can be the excessive use of force. Um, it has been linked with assassinations, you know, Archduke Ferdinand in 1914, uh, beginning of World War I, um, when Saturn and Pluto conjunct. We also had um, the Cold War, 1947. So there are different uh, eras in history where um, these energies had, you know, come into play, or the beginnings of... Um, you know, political pressure to reshape and redefine. Um, so anyway, um, here it is, you know, these are, these are our opportunities, but it is going to be a very intense year. So, you know, we could look at them as a template for, wow, you know, this is an inspiration for us. So I thought about, you know, sometimes um, Christian people have those bracelets that says WWJD, what would Jesus do? You know, or Buddhists have, what would Buddha do? You know, so why don't we have one called WWHMD? What would Harry and Meghan do? <laughs> so um, I'm not idolizing them and putting them on a pedestal, even though it, it may look like that with that comment. But I, I really, um, I do salute them and acknowledge them for the bravery it takes to step out of what is a very oppressive uh, situation. And not easy. You know, I bet you in the years to come, maybe they'll pen a book or a memoir or something and we'll find out what really went on and how how hellish it really was. I know for Princess Diana, she didn't we didn't know the scope of it for many years until she was finally divorced from Prince Charles. And then she she spilled the beans in that was it 92 interview with um with that man, um, Bashir. So, yeah, yeah, it's um. It's tough for what they go through, but um, I really, I, I have good feelings for them, and I think it's all going to work out. So that was my uh, part about Harry and Meghan. Now on to, um, on to Vipassana. So continuing our live coverage of Saturn and Pluto is going to be my, my experience in um, with Vipassana. So I probably... Uh, yeah, I'm wondering if I should continue this or make it two, two, pa- um, two part. Well, I'll just continue. Okay, so vipassana. Vipassana is a term called it. It's a Buddhist term, and it means inward vision or looking inside. So a vipassana meditation is where one goes into silence, and um, there's a certain technique that we were taught. So I want to say that the the meditation center that I went to was run by this Vipassana. It's called, I think, Dhamma.org, D-H-A-M-M-A, Dhamma.org. Dhamma in, in, uh, I think, I believe it's the Pali uh, language, which is similar to Sanskrit. It means the, the way to liberation or the path, the path of liberation. So this, uh, the meditation center I went to was under, it was the teachings that were given by S.N. Goenka. 
So he is no longer on the planet, but he was a self-realized Vipassana master who learned this from his teacher, a Vipassana master, who was, he was from Burma originally. They were both from Burma. And um, anyway, he is a fascinating story about him. And uh, he's, uh, was, they show videos. These are centers all over the world in, in like a gazillion different countries and places all over the U.S., Canada, um, you know, Philippines, New Zealand, Europe, you know, Asia, all over the place. Probably Africa and South America, but um, anyway, they um, they are the the meditations are given um, several times a year. They are free, so you are fed and taken care of like unbelievably for ten days. They ask no money up front. They do not take donations from anybody unless they have completed the course. So they're not under the influence of any corporation or they're not beholden to anyone but those who have, in, you know, received the benefits of this technique, who have, you know, gone through the course. So that having said that, um, you just pay a donation when it's complete. You just give what you can, whatever that is. And um, so it's really a, a wonderful grace, you know, that this, this kind of situation goes on. The energy of that is also very high, where something is giving, given selflessly for nothing, expecting nothing in return, just simply fully given freely. So that was a really great math. Um, anyway, so the, the whole idea is that this is a discipline, it's a certain technique of meditation that is delivered via these videos that they show were very in-depth over a 10-day period. We also had two, one for the men, one from the women, two teachers, assistant teachers, live there in the group to answer questions and assist. Um, yes, it's a silent retreat. You don't talk to other people. If you need to, you can step out and, you know, quietly ask a question either privately or there's an opportunity at certain times of the day for you to ask questions and, um, you know, speak, but just to the teachers. So it's, it's a limited thing. At first I was like, I don't want to, I don't want to talk to anybody. You know, every day they'd check in with the new students and say, okay, you know, come on like four at a time. We'd come up and they'd go like, okay, do you understand what, you know, they were saying? Do you have any questions? And I was like, dude, leave me alone. I just want to meditate, you know, but I'm like, then I realized, no, come on. You know, this is a huge responsibility that they're entrusted with. So they have to ask. So anyway, I was okay with that. I got off it. <laughs> but I have to say, um, I had no problem getting up early. I've been doing that for the last eight months. You know, Saturn and Capricorn, right? Just get it done and be organized and disciplined. And it was, it's been traveling through my sixth house, um, solar, sixth house, so of, of daily discipline and activity. So I, I've been getting my act together with time, or at least attempting to, uh, for the last several months. So getting up early was not a problem. I'm already vegan, so that was not a problem. They do have vegetarian options. They do have a little cheese on certain things here and there to assist people who are like, say, heavy meat eaters that, you know, need that little bridge. Um, so, but everything is very lovingly prepared. The food is prayed over in a very high state of consciousness, which of course affects the molecular structure. Um, so the environment is very high energy. Um, 
so, you know, all of that is, is outrageous. The um, meditation itself, what it does is it works at the subatomic level. So this was not a level in 30, God, 32 years of, of practice of yoga and being on a conscious spiritual path. I have never worked at this level. I have been very privileged over these decades to have received the incredibly high teachings, like the highest teachings on the planet, very grateful, something I don't talk about publicly, but very grateful, endeavoring to always live them to the best of my ability, um, and have gotten great results from them, have helped others transform their lives, etc., etc., and at the same time, I have never gone to this level in this particular fashion ever. And I have to say, it is absolutely changing, life-changing. Like I said, I'm speechless. Ha ha. Um, the um, subatomic level. So let's talk about that. There's this word in, in Sanskrit, or maybe it's Pali, so forgive me, I'm not I don't know it right now if it's one or the other, or maybe both, but there's a term called kalapa. A kalapa is like a subatomic particle. So what we are doing is going down to the level, like down to the subatomic level where mind and matter meet, you know, like the body, like, you know, how you, you hear from people like Nassim Haramein, the body is... And in the, in the Kabbalah, you know, they say the, the physical reality, what we're seeing is only 1% because we're like 99% space, even though it's like, wait, I have bones, you know, I can knock on my head and it feels solid. Um, but of course, we're, that's just an illusion. So we're going down to the subatomic level to penetrate into the deepest recesses. And what we're doing is be using our awareness and our consciousness to observe the physical body of what is there. And so being a witness, witness consciousness, not judging, being totally equanimous with whatever is there for good, the bad, the whatever you want to call it. Because at that subatomic level, there are what in Buddhism they call um, sankharas. If you are into, into yoga and all in Sanskrit, the word would be samskara. It's the same thing. It's grooves and conditioned behavior and ideas and patterns that have developed over time that inhibit us, that block us. You could say it block us from our light of, of feeling our complete, infinite, expanded, expanded consciousness. So the process will go to the root and dissolve those sankharas. And when they do, when you do that work, you not only dissolve what's in your life right now as it is, you know, as it is, not as it should be, but as it is, but you also dissolve way out, like all of the past, you know, there, there is no time. So backwards and forwards, you dissolve past samskaras or sankaras, past things. It, it's like a zipper. So it all becomes unraveled. So that's what I loved astrologically about this work at this time, because Saturn and Pluto and Capricorn are all about going deep to the root, especially with Pluto. Pluto rules the pain body. And so we're going down into these deep levels of where things have been trapped and releasing them and regenerating, 
right? The high end of Pluto is once we have moved and addressed these dark elements that are subconscious that have been running us and we don't even realize them, then we can purge and regenerate and renew and resurrect ourselves, right? So it's the other side of Pluto, the high road. So I love the fact that it was such a timely thing. So um, that has, this process took 10 days. This is just the beginner level. But let me tell you, that beginner level changed my life. I'm looking forward to doing more. I already felt myself into like day three, like, oh my God, I, could, I should have done this 10 years ago. It's that great. Um, you know, my fear or my ego would, you know, is holding me back. I don't have regrets. It's just, I noticed myself going, wow, would have been great if I did, but it's okay. You know, we love ourselves. We have compassion for ourselves and we move on. Um, but I have to say, guys, that was, that was incredible. What I saw, what I experienced, um, I have had Uh, physical pain in my back and in my hips. That's been a main source when when things get tense. My back tenses, especially in the middle of my back or my hips tense. Um, So those things have created, um, you know, those are areas that, you know, started to, and I have to say, I was kind of scared to to go or concerned about going. Like, can I sit for that many hours? It's 10 hours a day. Yes, you have breaks. Yes, there's yummy food in between. Um, yes, there's times for rest, but I thought, oh my God, 10 hours, you know, kind of scared me off. But I'm like, nope, I'm doing it. I'm not going to think about it. And I, I did it. I, it was not really, the day, the hours passed and passed. At some point, you don't do the course. The course does you. So in that regard, not a problem. But I did confront the pain that would develop sitting, you know, in my hips, but moving into this particular technique, which is taught in the course, I got to the root of that. And I have to say, I am, I mean, after, again, this is just the 10-day beginners. After 10 days or less than 10 days in the course, I'm finding, oh my God, I, I, had, I brought my Advil along, took it on the first day in anticipation of, uh-oh, right? And I normally don't take Advil. I'm just very, very non-drug oriented, but I took it as a backup, kind of, you know, my little security blanket. Well, I got to tell you, it disappeared and it's not an issue anymore. And I know there's more and more levels to go to. I'm just beginning. But the things and the, the insights and the healings that I've had in the last few days have been monumental. And so I really encourage you to check this out for yourself. Um, you know, are there many paths to enlightenment? Yes, of course. Infinite, the universe is infinite in, in its varieties. There are many runways to superconsciousness. Um, this is one of them. This is one of them, and it's one of the most profound. Oh, that bell again. It's one of the most profound that, and, uh, that I've ever encountered. And I have seen everything. I'm, believe me, I'm old enough to see. <laughs> I have heard it all, seen it all, and then there was this, and it was like, oh boy, oh wow, Um, really, really, really amazing, amazing stuff. What I also like about this, by the way, I don't know, whatever, it, 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 it is open, there's no religion attached to it, so yes, it has Buddhist roots, 
But it's like karate. Do you have to be a Buddhist to take karate? No. It originated in, you know, Asian countries where there was Buddhism and such, but that doesn't mean you're a Buddhist to practice karate or to do yoga or whatever. It's the same thing. So this particular teaching of Vipassana is without any religious, whether it's Buddhist, Hindu, there is nothing of the sort. So it's open to all faiths. It operates independently of all that. Uh, Essen Gwenka was a, a householder, and he, he said, you know, hey, you know, I'm, I'm just a householder who achieved full liberation. You know, he got off the wheel and, and, and moved beyond into enlightenment, fully enlightened, businessman, householder, right? He's, he wasn't, you know, a monk in, an, in a robe with prayer beads around his, you know, he said, I don't look like a guru, I don't have a beard, you know, and uh, we were all chuckling at that, but um, so that's important to know that it's not trying to, it's not about changing your religion or, st- or joining a religion. It, it has nothing to do with that. It's like whatever, wherever you're at with all that is, is your business and you do whatever you feel in your life. But when you learn this technique, you know, it, it just will transform your life. So, um, yeah, lots of great stories, um, you know, about compassion and, uh, you know, not being the victim. You're, you're really the drive, you're, you're in the driver's seat, as, as he would say, work out your own salvation. You don't reach, it's not outside of us, like praying to whatever, um, to get something, you know. Yes, you can ask your guides if you have guides, you know, you can always, ask for help, but ultimately, guess who's the one who's driving the ship? Is it out there? Hell no. So, um, yeah, so I just wanted to share that. <sighs> yeah, what I probably will share more as, as time goes on, um, but that's, those are the basics. Um, yeah. Okay, that wraps up this episode of Star Sound Speaks. This has been your host, Irliana Samsara, Star Sound Speaks, starsoundastrology.com. Thank you all for listening, and um, we'll continue our uh, final wrap-up of Harry Meghan and Saturn and Pluto, the Fab Four, actually Fab Five, the the Vipassana, right? The fifth element, love, (laughs) love and insight. Um, So we'll do that on episode 35. So stay tuned and thank you all for listening. Much love. Namaste.